the NFL season has officially ended with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers being crowned 2020 Super Bowl champions. But more importantly, it is now officially draft season. My name is Danny Rubin. My name is Gavin Murray. I cut you off. And this is the first episode of the iForm Sports podcast. Welcome to the show. iForm, baby, all day. All right, number one, who you got? First overall, no surprise here. Potentially the best quarterback prospect of all time. Undoubtedly the best since Andrew Luck. We have Trevor Lawrence from Clemson. Big orange. Yes, sir. The Jaguars have been looking for someone at quarterback for... Since David Garrard, I would say. Yeah, Blake Bortles wasn't exactly anything special. No, he wasn't. And Mike Glennon's season was relatively underwhelming. Hey, man, Minshew Mania, though. You gotta love the mustache. You can't, hate, you can't hate the mustache. You cannot hate the mustache. So this pick, Trevor Lawrence, looks to be the future face of the franchise for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it looks to be a very promising rebuild that they have going on right now. All right, pick number two, New York Jets. This is a really fun pick because they can go two ways. If, If they're going with quarterback, they're going Zach Wilson or they're going Justin Fields. Now, which way do you think they'd lean? Personally, I think they're going to go with Zach Wilson here, mainly just because he has the higher ceiling. And if you look at quarterbacks in the NFL right now, most of the successful ones have been extremely high-ceiling gambles. I agree. I watched, uh, when I was making this pick, I watched a lot of game tape over the two of them. I watched like two hours of Zach Wilson tape that I have saved on my computer somewhere for God knows reason. But I, I, I watched his mechanics, which were like, I was worried about, like, he always lined up in shotgun, which I kind of concerned me a little bit, and I wasn't sure how well, like, BYU actually played competition. Exactly. We're big I-form guys here, so you always got to look at that. Well, here's the thing. Zach Wilson throws a, with a lot of power. He will get the ball downfield, and he doesn't just get stuck on his first read. Sometimes he does, but it's not as often. People don't talk about that a lot because everybody's like, oh, Justin Fields is a one-read guy. He stares down his one receiver, and that's true. But Zach Wilson does it a little bit too, just not as much. But everything else, the rolling out of the pocket, the way he moves on the run, and sometimes he can pull a defense with his eyes. I say that Zach Wilson with the high ceiling is going to be way more intriguing than the high floor with Justin Fields at two. 100%. I'm not positive the pick will work out, but I am positive that it is the correct decision for the Jets to make it this time. Yeah, the Jets have nothing more to lose, let's be honest. (laughs) I'm sorry, they don't. They they should be dealing Sam Darnold, trying to get back what they can. It was a miss. Like, when they took Sam Darnold, it was the shot worth taking. Zach Wilson's the same way. It's the shot that's worth taking. 100%. Third pick, via the Houston Texans, the Miami Dolphins have this pick from the Laramie Tunsil trade. Oh, really? That I didn't, I didn't remember that, bro. Oh, the Laramie Tuns- Tunsil trade. Yep, that's why the Dolphins have the third pick this year. Damn, Personally, I am not a very big fan of Tua Tagovailoa. But, however... I don't think they can afford to take a quarterback here, personally. I feel like one year is not enough sample size to bail on him already. I do think Fields might end up being better than him. But when there's a Heisman-winning wide receiver on the board at number three... How do you not take him? Exactly. Here's some stats that I have right now regarding Tua. So the Dolphins... Tua had the third lowest time to throw out of all starters in the league last year. That means they have a very fast-paced passing offense. They like slants, they like outs, quick little throws like that. Devonta Smith gets open, and he gets open early. There's no one better at creating separation within the first few steps than he is right now. And he should have an instant impact on that team. Tua as well, he only averaged 5.4 adjusted net yards per attempt last year, which is 28th in the NFL. So if they actually want to take the gamble and believe that Tua is there long-term, they need to get him some more supporting pieces on offense, and they're in the perfect position to do that right here with Devonta Smith at three. All right, pick number four, Atlanta Falcons. This one was pretty easy for me. There, well, I didn't find there to be a defensive player. Like, if they drafted a defensive player here, I didn't think it was going to transform their team to the next level. I don't think that's going to make the biggest difference. I think the Atlanta Falcons got to start thinking long-term now. I think Matt Ryan is old. He's got a hefty contract that you can unload not this offseason but next offseason. 
I think if you draft a young quarterback in the team, how often are you in the top five in the draft? Not very often. So you might as well get the future while you're here, and the future for them is Justin Fields. Exactly, and many quarterbacks that are successful in the league right now have waited a year or two behind more successful quarterbacks, and I feel as though Fields is in the perfect position to learn from Matt Ryan. His running ability when the play breaks down makes him an improviser, and that's really that's really deadly in the NFL still. It made him really good at college at Ohio State, and we don't like Ohio State very much here on iForm Sports. But he did play pretty damn well. He made some plays. He can pull safeties with his eyes downfield, too. Uh, they ran a lot of RPO-based football at Ohio State. And he will stand in the pocket to deliver the ball. That's the thing with him and Zach Wilson that I found to be very different. Zach Wilson leaves the pocket really early. But Justin Fields will sit in there and take a hit before so he can get the ball out to his receiver, which is good with such like good receivers like Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Like, they got to get open. They take some time. The fifth overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals will be taking Panay Sewell, offensive tackle from Oregon. That's probably the easiest pick in the draft besides Trevor Lawrence. It might even be easier. It might be. The Cincinnati Bengals last season at number one overall drafted their franchise quarterback. What happened to him this past year? He got hurt. Badly. He had zero people blocking for him on that offensive line. The number one thing you need to do for your young quarterback is protect them, and they failed to do that last season, and now they have the perfect opportunity to make up for it. Panay Sewell has been considered, for these past couple years, the second best prospect in this draft, talent-wise. While he is slowly losing a little hype and sliding down some draft boards, this pick should still be an absolute no-brainer from the Cincinnati Bengals. All right. Number six overall, oh this, boy. this is painful to me because I don't want the Eagles to mess this up. I they am will. a... They're going to do it. They, they probably could figure out a way to do it, but if they listened to iForm Sports, they probably wouldn't. Exactly. We're experts here. We're not experts, but we're smarter than Howie Roseman. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm the Eagles fan for life. I'm from Philadelphia. It's super important to me, Eagles football. And... Watching them have no receivers for the past couple of years has just been painful. Like 2017, we, like it was great, it was amazing. But after that, Alshon declined, Deshaun Jackson declined. They drafted, they drafted J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. They drafted Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. Both things I can never get over. I have to live with them every day. And at sixth overall, if they don't pick Jamar Chase here, I'm gonna be so bad. I'm gonna be so mad. Well, here's the thing: if they do take Jamar Chase, you do realize that Jalen Waddle is going to end up the greatest wide receiver of all time. Probably. So whoever picks Jalen Waddle after the Eagles pick uh, Jamar Chase, you should take him. He's gonna be amazing. So maybe looking at it this way, maybe the Eagles should fade their own pick here if Roseman thinks that Chase is the right decision. Maybe he's smart enough to know that he's not very smart, and they might go waddle here. Or perhaps Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts. I like the Kyle. I, I thought about taking Kyle Pitts here instead because of what he brings to the field. He's not just a tight end, and the Eagles do love their two tight end sets. He can bounce out as a receiver, too. I, I really like Kyle Pitts' play. I, I was between Kyle Pitts and Jamar Chase here. But the Eagles need a lockdown number one receiver. Like They need someone to like Agreed. actually have defenses worried about. No defense is particularly worried about Jalen Rager. Like he's, he's a number two receiver. That's good. Now get your number one guy. Get the guy that's going to change the offense. Get the guy that's going to be so dynamic that everyone has to worry about him. Agreed. Bottom line, Nate Sudfeld needs help. Bottom line, Nate Sudfeld should be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles come next season. I'm knows? kidding. I'm who kidding. knows? If he had that help, maybe the Giants would have been in the playoffs. Who hey, knows? hey, the reason why they wanted Nate Sudfeld out there in that last game was for talent assessment, right? Come on now. They wanted to know what they had going next into pick. this. Oh, next pick. I'm sorry. All right, pick number seven. Pick number seven to the Detroit Lions. This one hurts me because I'm a huge Giants fan, and this is the guy that I want on my team. Unfortunately, I don't think he falls there. This is Jalen Waddle, wide receiver from Alabama. The seventh pick in this draft and the seventh offensive player in a row. I got to tell you, he's really good, though, so I'm not surprised. 
If he hadn't gotten hurt, I don't think Devonta Smith would have looked so good this season. I don't think Smith wins a Heisman with Waddle there, too healthy. Agreed. Waddle was the bona fide number one guy at Alabama prior to his injury. There has been footage of him beating Henry Ruggs in a foot race. Henry Ruggs, the guy who ran, what did he run in the 40 last year? Was it 4-2-8? Something really fast. Something really fast. Because he was going for the record that year. Exactly, and apparently Jalen Waddle might be faster than him. He's fast, he's explosive. You watched him in the national championship game out there on one leg. He wanted to show you that Smith isn't the only weapon that Alabama has. And this pick for the Detroit Lions with Kenny Galladay leaving, this is going to fill a massive hole. They need receivers so bad because Marvin Marvin Jones Jones wants to go to. Marvin Jones wants to go to L.A. with uh, Matt Stafford. They have no receivers after that. Jared Goff needs help. Jared Goff needs help badly. And it is Detroit, so they're probably just going to ruin his career. I'm sorry. I mean, it's, it's possible. That's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. He's a really good guy. Yeah. But Waddle at seven. With the eighth pick, we finally have the first defensive player to go off the board in the entire draft. It took, seven, it took eight picks, but Patrick Sertan is going to Carolina, and he is so good. Teams would stop throwing the ball to his side of the field just because they were scared of him. He is incredible. His lockdown, he is a number one corner. And Carolina needs corners badly. Extremely polished. And you know what's funny about this pick? Carolina in last year's draft did not select one offensive player. Every pick they made was on defense. And the first defensive pick in this mock draft? Carolina. Yes, sir. On to number nine. With the ninth pick here, the Denver Broncos. The fourth quarterback off the board, we have Trey Lance. Personally, I believe that Drew Locke is unfortunately not the guy for the future there. Who knows? Maybe he shows something this season and you have the wonderful problem of having two good quarterbacks. It's not a wonderful problem. I said good quarterbacks, Gavin. I'm sorry. That's fair. Speaking speaking of the Eagles, North Dakota State quarterback right here, Trey Lance. I don't know. Maybe that's a reason to be a bit skeptical because in history, North Dakota State quarterbacks have been terrible. Carson Wentz is the only other one, and he's not a really great example of what to be. Except if you're looking at 2017 when he was almost an MVP. But anyway, (laughs) I still... Trey Lance makes his first read. I watched watched all four quarterbacks because I was trying to decide between Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. And when he takes off out of the pocket after his first read, normally. Trey, Trey Lance has an arm. He can get it there. But he makes his first look, maybe a second, not very often, and then he's running. There's a lot of design run plays that they ran at North Dakota State. So I don't know how much that's going to transfer over into the NFL. But I also went back and I watched some Cam Newton Auburn tape. Now, I'm not calling him as good as Cam Newton coming out of Auburn. But I see a lot of similarities where Cam made his first read and then ran the ball. And then when he got to Carolina, what they did was they split the field in half. So Cam Newton only had to look at half the field when he made his reads. First read, and if it wasn't there, he'd take the check down. And then it simplified the game for him. Now I can see them doing something very similar with Trey Lance in Denver. Exactly. And I'm, I'm somewhat of a fan of the fit because we know Lance isn't the most polished quarterback in the draft. And they have Drew Locke, so he will more likely than not be sitting behind Locke for an extended period of time if they were to make this pick. And then he steps into a situation that... Maybe isn't that bad. They have Cortland Sutton coming back from the injury. Jerry Judy gets open well. Maybe he hasn't caught the ball this past season, but he gets open. Get him a jugs machine. He'll figure it out. Exactly. He's no Evan Engram. He's no Evan Engram, that's for sure. All right, with the 10th overall pick, this is painful for me and probably equally as painful for you as a Giants fan as it is for me as an Eagles fan, but we're going to give the Cowboys a really good corner for the future, Caleb Farley. He's not as polished as Sertain, but they all, he also runs that really good man press that's really tough to beat off the edge. It's really 1A, 1B with corners in this draft based on which one you like more. I think Sertain's a little bit better, but Caleb Farley is still really good, and that secondary needs help. It is bad. Coming out of Virginia Tech, Farley has all the physical tools and attributes you could possibly want in a corner. He's 6'2", 200 pounds. He moves extremely quickly, very fast acceleration. 
I'm not looking forward to facing this guy twice a year. I am not either. He can lock down a number one receiver if they really want Good to. thing the Giants don't have one. Good thing the Eagles probably won't have one either. <laughs> but if they don't mess it up, maybe they will. Here we are, the New York football Giants, my favorite team. Extremely talented roster. No doubt quarterback of the future, Daniel Jones, fastest guy in the league. Except when he's on the Eagles field. Then he hits the turf. Uh, he ran faster than any other quarterback. He, he fell, on the Eagles field. He, on that field. He fell fast, field. No. faster than anyone Statist- on the turf, too. Statistically, you're wrong, but I'll move on. This pick number 11, I said earlier, I wanted Jalen Waddle here. Unfortunately, that's just not going to happen. So, the second biggest need behind wide receiver is edge rusher. If you look back at the great Giants teams of the past couple decades, that has always been their strength. From Michael Strahan, OCU Minora, Justin Tuck, Matthias Kuanuka, Jason Pierre-Paul. Who's, since Pierre Paul left, who's the Giants' best edge rusher? Marcus Golden? Ugh. Not anymore. Quiddy Pay, number 11, edge rusher from Michigan. I fully bought in the Quiddy Pay hype. I saw a video on Twitter, him holding a 200 pound kettlebell doing Bulgarian split squats with them. The dude is a freak. It's crazy. He's I watched crazy. the video too. You showed it to me. It was awesome. Maybe I'm being stupid and buying it off some stupid Twitter training video. I don't care. Giants to the Super Bowl next year. Book it. But book a seat to the couch. That's what I think you mean. I mean. I'll be on my couch watching my team win the Super Bowl, but yeah, okay. Okay, fine. All right, and with the 12th pick, this is probably my favorite pick to make besides the Eagles one because I love Kyle Pitts. Fun pick here. Kyle Pitts, 12. So the 49ers, they have George Kittle. It doesn't matter. Kyle Pitts brings an entirely different thing to that offense. He can bounce out a receiver. He can bounce in in two tight end sets. Hell, he can do whatever you need on that offensive side of the ball and be good at it. And he did it at Florida, and it was incredible. I loved watching it. He was just a fun player to watch, and you're putting him on a fun team. It's giving you a whole new element to the offense, and I think the 49ers are going to buy into that quickly. That defense there is already amazing. The biggest question on the roster is more likely than not quarterback. It doesn't matter. If you have Kittle and you have Pitts and you have the running game that they have. Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is amazing. They have Brandon Ayuk. Jimmy Garoppolo could look good there. I don't know if he's going to be there, but he could look good. Hell, I could look good there. I could look good Honestly, there. if I'm throwing the ball to Pitts and Kittle, potentially an all-pro. Who knows? It's, it's really good. The situation that they're setting up there by giving Jimmy Garoppolo another dynamic weapon just makes their offense so It makes it so good. The NFC West is scary. It is. A, it's so good. You could be like 7-9 and nine in the NFC West, and you're still one of the best teams in the league. It's not anything like the NFC East. NFC East is amazing. No NFC East slander on this podcast. Next pick. What did we say before? The number five pick, we had Panay Sewell to the Bengals. What was the reasoning? They had a rookie quarterback. This one, fortunately, stayed healthy. He looked amazing. He has weapons around him. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. They need to beef up the offensive line. And just like the Bengals, they're in a wonderful position to do so. Their offensive line is just so bad. Like, it's, no, it's nothing special. He would have to run for his life sometimes and make crazy throws. But if you take an offensive tackle here, it's going to be game. Exactly. So with this in mind, Rashawn Slater, the tackle from Northwestern, perfect fit. Athletic freak of nature. There are people saying that he's better than Panay Sewell. I'm not, I'm not fully bought into that yet, but this kid is going to be good. He's your best day one starter. Without a doubt. He should lock down one side of that offensive line for Justin Herbert for many years to come. There is a bright, bright future in Los Angeles. All right. This is number 14 to the Vikings. It's not. It's nothing really special. It's no Justin Jefferson type pick. But the interior of the offensive line is just so bad. It's the weakest part of their team. And with a guy like Elijah Vera Tucker on the board, they go and they do it. They make the move, they beef up the offensive line, protect Kirk Cousins a little bit more, give him some more time to throw the guys like Thielen and Jefferson, and then maybe you got something there. Uh, it's have BB too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that definitely, that's the one. And they also have some guy in the backfield, I don't know if you've heard of him, his name is Dalvin Cook, he's pretty good at football, so I feel like if you beef up the offensive line, maybe give him more run more. run, who knows, maybe he could be a top running back in the NFL. I feel like there's a possibility there. 
It's, he, it, it's possible. He's not the best running back in the league, though. I'll say it. I don't think he's number one yet. But if they, if they protect him some more, well, let's see what they got. And Elijah Vera Tucker is a very good – he is the best interior offensive lineman in this it's draft. Not a, it's not a pretty pick, but it's the smart one. Number 15, we have the New England Patriots. Man, how they must be feeling right now watching Tom Brady come off of his seventh Super Bowl win. First one not with them. We have a very interesting pick here for you at number 15. Micah Parsons, the linebacker from Penn State. Talent-wise, Parsons potentially a top five pick. However, some character concerns have come across. Now, if you're thinking of drafting a football player with character concerns, what coach do you want to fix that? Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick, 100%. The greatest coach in NFL history. The culture in New England is just incredible. Exactly. They took risks on guys with character concerns, too, in the past. Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, too, to just come up to name really quickly. Yep. So I don't think they're going to be afraid of taking a guy super talented with character concerns here at 15. 100% agree with you. If Parsons isn't going to survive and thrive in New England, he's, he's not going to do it anymore. He's not going to survive anymore. 15 Parsons. I love the game. He's going to fit in there well, too. It's their brand. Of, this this could be a steal. Yeah, it, this could be a real steal at 15. This could be the steal we were talking about months later. All right, with the 16th pick here, yet again, not a glamorous one, but also the smart one to make. Christian Darisaw at 16 to the Cardinals. He is a very, like... Like we talked about earlier with Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, you got a young quarterback that runs for his life a lot. You might want to consider protecting him for once. I feel like there's a theme there. And it makes sense. So going out and drafting a guy like Darisaw is probably the best move that they can make. Once again, not a pretty pick, but the smart one. And it'll help them out long term. They were last. I remember last year when they were getting mocked Tristan Wirfs because of the same thing we're talking about right now. They wanted to protect their young quarterback. Maybe it's time to actually do it. Exactly. And last year, they did make the pretty pick in Isaiah Simmons. And so far, that doesn't look as good as we thought it would look. So maybe it's time to make the smart pick. Exactly. Make, make smart picks, not flashy ones. At number 17, we have the Las Vegas Raiders. And boy, their defense? Sorry. It is atrocious. It is foul. It is oh my, so bad. My goodness. This is one of the worst defenses in the league last year. It, no question. It, it, it might be the worst. They don't, they're terrible. They they're look terrible. bad. And Gruden, I don't know. Gruden hasn't been as successful as I expected him to be in Oakland. They started the season off amazing. Following that win against the Chiefs, collapsed. They did. They kind of they choked. That Jets game, I will never forget that game. Oh, my wow. God. That was so sad. That was so It sad. was. All right, back to the pick. We have Joseph Asai. In Texas. Now, Asai, he's very versatile. He can play edge rusher or he can play off ball at linebacker, and that is exactly what the Raiders need. They need guys who they can just plug and play that will give them results on defense because, trust me, they do not have that right now. They don't have, they have so many holes that you can literally draft anyone on the defensive side of the ball, and they will probably make an impact. 100%. Asai could be the best player on that defense next year, and that is. That's not what you like. I like I like Jonathan Abrams, but he is very good. He's very good. Max Crosby isn't too bad either. They've made defense, some they've made some good picks, but it's time for them to actually start investing in their defensive side of the ball. That defense needs help. All right, at 18, I'm aware that I'm going to start sounding like a broken record here in a minute, but Sam Cosme at 18 to the Dolphins. There's they a theme need in this to protect their young quarterback, and they need to do it well. He needs to be able to have some more time to throw the ball. 100%. Even if they stay with the quick offense that I was talking about earlier during pick number three, they still need someone to block. And don't forget, they need to run the ball, too. They can't just rely on Tua. Yeah. I was considering taking Najee Harris here, but I just believe that you can get a good running back a little bit later in the draft, second day, third day type guy. Like People are sleeping on Chuba Hubbard, and I think that would be a really good late day pick for them. Exactly, and I don't think their running back room is that bad right now. They have Matt Breida, they have Salvon Ahmed, like they have... Miles Gaskin, they exactly. got guys back there. They have guys who can carry the ball. And it doesn't have to be a number one type running back guy. Running back by committee has worked in the past 
worked for the 49ers, worked for the Chiefs the year they won the Super Bowl. So I wouldn't be surprised if they try to go with a similar model. Exactly, and they're already getting an extremely explosive offensive player in this draft. Bright future in Miami. So protecting Tua there was probably going to be a good decision. You want to be able to throw the ball quickly, but you also don't want a guy's hand in your face. 100%. Here we have one of my favorite picks in this entire draft. This is one guy that Gavin and I both feel has been extremely slandered by many draft He's experts. being disrespected that. I watched a mock draft where he wasn't even in the first round, and That's that blew gross. my That's mind. Gross. We have Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota. He is so good. He is so good. There's some people that say he can only play the slot. He can only, he's only really a guy that can beat zones. Wrong. Rashad Bateman has very little weaknesses to his game. He's quick. He's not small. He's 6'1". His route running is amazing. I've seen some Devontae Adams comparisons. Plus, who, who did we say could only run out of the slot and wasn't overly impressive last year coming into the draft? Are Dra we talking Justin Jefferson? 100%. Very I'm so. telling you that he could come out here and light the world on fire better than maybe any of these top three guys. Exactly. The only thing I can even think of within Bateman's game that I would remotely consider a weakness is that there were a few incredibly tough catches that he was unable to make. So unfortunately, he's not always Superman on every play when there's a jump ball there, but... Otherwise... Who is? He's pretty damn good. Exactly. So, well, let's see how that turns out. He could potentially end up being the best receiver in this loaded draft class. He could. And let's talk about the fit for a minute. He's going to the Washington football team. Go football team. We can't hate football team. We respect the NFC East here. They have a wide receiver on the other side. They have Terry McLaurin. You may have heard of him. He's pretty good at football. He's pretty good. They didn't have a number two, so that steps Bateman into that role day one. We don't know who's playing quarterback there. I hope it's Taylor Heineke. Oh, gosh, I love Taylor Heineke. I we, we both know it's not going to be Taylor Heineke. No. But, but, I, but, God, do we want it to be. I want it to be They so re-signed him. Really? Yeah, they extended him. There is nothing more I want to see in this world than Taylor Heineke throwing the ball to Terry McLaurin and Rashad Bateman. That would be Even if they beat the Giants, I wouldn't be. Although Daniel Jones has never lost to the football team in his career. He is 4-0. I would like to make that comment. But... I would love to see love it. To see <laughs> it. <laughs> I would love to see it. I wouldn't even be mad if they started beating the Eagles, which never happens. Everybody beats the Eagles. Everybody beats the Eagles now, apparently. Except except for the Giants. Evan Ingram, 7-9. Sorry, I had to make the joke. Next He's also, pick. He looks Next sad pick. now. He looks so sad Next now. pick. All right. With the 20th pick, once again, nothing overly sexy here. Just another offensive lineman to protect a quarterback that probably doesn't exist yet. The Bears will be taking Wyatt Davis here, interior offensive lineman, 6'4", 3'10", out of Ohio State. And he's good at what he does. He's just not he sexy. Is. He is. I mean, I'm, I personally am not going to say that the big boys in the trenches aren't sexy. I'm going to say that this is a much-needed pick for the Bears. It's not a pretty one, but that offensive line is horrendous. And it's I, bad. I, as a Mitch Trubisky respecter, I would love to see him there starting next year. The only thing I would love more than that, I would love to see him starting next year behind a competent offensive line. And Davis is step one in making that happen. Plus, it creates holes for David Montgomery on the running game. Except if he's tweeting that he's... Like, out of Chicago now for yeah, some reason. Yeah, hey, he's there. He tweeted again. He clarified. He clarified. Hey, he had to clarify. It was so dumb. Yeah. Hey. But, hey, drafting an offensive lineman there to help them out on the interior of that offensive line, create holes for the running game, protect from heavy pass rushers coming from the inside, I think that's the first smart move. Well, if it's a smart move, I'm not positive that they'll make it. One other thing I want to say is even if they do get him, I don't love the direction the offense is headed. I do like Mitch, but losing Allen Robinson is going to hurt. Darnell Mooney is good. He is not good enough to be a number one wide receiver. Yeah, that offense. Maybe one day he will be, but they are losing a bona fide number one target there, and they need to rebuild. It is not looking good in Chicago right now, let me tell you. It is not looking good in Chicago. Their defense is like... It's good, but the offense is just so bad, and it does not look like it's getting better anytime soon. Yeah, I look forward to seeing them on Nickelodeon more in the near future. I will as well. Here at 21, we have the Indianapolis Colts. They're losing one of their starting corners, Xavier Rhodes. Luckily for them, cornerback number three, still on the board, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina. He's good. He's good. And he's also, you remember that one guy on the Saints, four-time Pro Bowler, Joe Horn, who picked up his phone one time as an end zone celebration? Yeah. Yeah. This is his, his son. son. This is his son. Oh, so he's going to be a baller. Exactly. Cool guy. 
No doubt in my mind. You always go with the cool pick. We don't have to be smart all the time. Well, yeah. Only I have to make the smart picks. You can make the cool ones. Exactly. And it, this is smart, too. It is a smart pick because they're going to need another corner. Xavier Rhodes will they be are. leaving. And even if he doesn't leave, he's not going to be as great as he exactly. was this year. And the Colts are a very good football team, but they are not a pretty football team. They have really good players at really non-glamorous positions. But you'll get Quentin Nelson. You'll get Darius Leonard. They're good, though. They are. They can surprise some people this season, and they almost beat the Bills. I think they're really close. I think they can make it. Like, they can make a playoff push, but you're right. They need to do specific things very quickly. This is J.C. Horn at number 21. All right, with the 22nd pick here, the Tennessee Titans, I've been struggling with this one for a while. I cannot decide between Aziz and Jalen Phillips. They are both really talented guys that can come off the ball for you in a 3-4 outside linebacker position and rush the passer really well. I watched a lot of Jalen Phillips and Aziz tape, and they both are very, I found both to be rather impressive. I think they're the two most polished edges coming out of this draft, because Gregory Rousseau is more, there's some question marks there for me. So I'm, and he's more three, four Quiddy edge Pei coming can, inside. Quiddy Pei can do some cool split squats, though. Let's not forget that. Qu Quiddy's really good, but I feel like he doesn't fit that whole three, four outside linebacker thing, yeah. which is kind of what these two guys are. I think they're the best, like pure three, four outside linebacker guys in this draft, and they they both are really good. But I think in the end, I'm probably gonna go with Jalen Phillips here. I, I really like what he did in Miami because we all expected Gregory Rousseau to be this great guy in Miami, and then he didn't play this year because of COVID, and Taylor Phillips did, and he looked really good. He, he makes this, he'll make athletic moves on screen passes that I watched specifically, where like the quarterback will make the look for the check down, and then he'll look onto the other side of the, like he'll fake a deep throw, and they go for the check down, and Jalen Phillips is already there on the check down. Like, he knows to go for that, like, next, to get down there, to get that running back, instead of getting stuck up at the next level and not and missing a tackle. Exactly. Great anticipation, sees the game very well. And one more point to make here is that this is the Tennessee Titans pick, and they are the polar opposite of what I was just talking about with the Colts. The Titans are really good at the really pretty positions. They have Tannehill. We love Ryan Tannehill. Ryan, no Ryan Tannehill slander will no, no, ever no. be accepted on this Easily podcast. Easily a top-ten quarterback in the league right now. They have Derrick Henry, one of the most flashy and well-known players in the league right now. A.J. Brown is a very good wide receiver as well. They are good at the important positions, but their defense and the boring positions that the Colts are great at, not, not so, so much. much. Exactly. They lack talent on the defense, especially at that front when Jalen Phillips will step up and immediately be a playmaker there. I really like, and Jalen Phillips, a lot of what I watched too, he did, he did really well. He'll either line up in two-point or three-point stance, and most of the time when he came off on two-point, he flew. He flew right down the throat of the defense. He will get there in less than that 2.5 second, which is like that desired release exactly. time for a quarterback. He gets there so quickly, and he's got great arm movement to get past tackles. I think he's going to be really good. I'm really upset that there's no official combine this year. I am too. I would have loved to see what he could have run on the 40, because I bet you it would have been 4-3-9. 4-3-9. I think he can go sub 4-4. Four, four. That's wild. That's wild. I just, watching him get downfield so quickly like and hit the quarterback, it was really impressive to me. Which is why I think the Tennessee, which is also really close to competing for a championship that needs the next level on defense, I think you get a guy like Jalen Phillips who comes in day one and makes a huge difference. I agree. Number 23, we have the New York Jets. And man, did they make an exciting pick at number two with Zach Wilson? Guess what? Here's another one. 23rd overall, Najee Harris, star running back from Alabama. Imagine that Jets offense next season with Wilson and Harris. Behind Mackay Becton, a young stud on that offensive line. Denzel Mims could develop into a top receiver. And they're looking at Allen Robinson in free agency. So all of a sudden, the biggest joke in the NFL, they they could be sneaky good. I really do like the Jets looking into next season. And Najee Harris is a very explosive player that will add an entirely new dimension to that offense. He's really good at not just carrying the ball, too. He can make it outside on them screen passes. And he's also really lethal out there. He's a, he's a threat in the running game, and he's a threat in the passing game, which is really, which is really important for this brand of, which is really important for the NFL today, essentially. The New York Jets are getting exciting, ladies and gentlemen. They, they could get exciting, or they won't. It's still the Jets. It's we the have Jets. to see. It is the Jets. Who knows? 
And at 24, we stick with the theme of running backs. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, Travis Etienne goes off the board here. Now, James Conner, love the story. His personal story is incredible. Amazing story. No, no James Conner slander is going to happen here from me today. But his running game, it, yep. he was Wait, a one-year wonder almost. I'm not going to say anything about James Conner. I'll slander the Steelers running backs. Garbage. Betty Snell last year did not have a great season. Jalen Samuels did not have a great season. That entire running game, they were one of the worst rushing offenses in the NFL. And if you have an aging quarterback like Big Ben, they do have some talent on the outside. They've got Claypool, Juju might leave, he might stay, who knows. Deontay Johnson, James Washington, they need a running back. They need to be able to run the football. They need a bona fide number one running back. They exactly. can get out there and get the yardage that can grind on the ground and just be a just be the running back on the team. They don't have that. The most likely blueprint for the Steelers to continue to be competitive, they need to be strong defensively, and they need to be able to pound the rock and control the clock. Yeah. When when it was Le'Veon Bell there, and they were just running the ball all the time, they killed it. Exactly. They were really good, and that was the that was the brand. That's Pittsburgh brand. Exactly. That's what they do. They have Part a mean defense. defense. They have a mean defense, and they have a mean run game, and they have not had that for a little bit now. They have not. Ever since Le'Veon held out, they have not been particularly good. Can't rely on Big Ben. Big Ben's getting old. Now, now it might be time, to hear me out, it might be time to make a move, get a veteran quarterback in there, get him behind uh, Ben Roethlisberger to learn for a year to take over the year after that. A name comes to mind, Sam Darnold, Sam maybe? Sam Darnold, he's not necessarily a veteran, but I think if he could grow behind Big Ben, I, the talent's there. Something could happen. Dude, I remember, I remember him coming out of college. Like, he was not bad. I, I did a whole statistical study on Sam Darnold coming out of college, comparing him to Trevor Lawrence. Now, Trevor Lawrence was better. Trevor Lawrence was better, no question. But there were a lot of sneaky good things that Sam Darnold had for him while he was at USC that people kind of forget about. Like, he threw a lot of yards there. He had a lot of completions. It was almost incredible. The only place where like Trevor Lawrence blew him out of the water was in the run game. Trevor Lawrence has great feet. He's mobile. He runs a lot more than Sam Darnold ever did. But I think if you throw him behind ben, Big Ben in Pittsburgh, I think he's going to start remembering some of those like key aspects that he had in his college game that'll make him really good. Exactly. And the worst thing about Sam Darnold's NFL career so far? He was on the New York Jets. The That's Jets his biggest weakness. Suck. His biggest weakness is that he walks out every Sunday wearing a green shirt. That's his biggest weakness. The talent is there. He's made some highlight real plays. He can be exciting in Pittsburgh. I think he will be. But to start, we got to get him a running back so they can actually do things. Travis Etienne. And they actually have to make the trade, too. We can't get ahead of ourselves. We can't get ahead of ourselves. But let's get them a running back We like first. that idea. We like that. We like running here on iForm Sports. Here at number 25, I have... A guy who I feel has slid a little bit lower than I expected him to, and that is Gregory Rousseau, the edge rusher from Miami. One thing I'd like to say about Rousseau, he played wide receiver in high school. He's very athletic. He's 6'5", 260, freak of nature. Although he didn't play this past 2020 season because he opted out due to COVID, in 2019 he had 15 and a half sacks as well as 19 and a half tackles for loss. There's no denying that he's really good. The athleticism is crazy. The production was there. The it's just raw talent. The biggest too. knock is that he's a bit underdeveloped. But if you see that talent, especially left at number 25, I don't see how the Jacksonville Jaguars could not take him. Jacksonville isn't necessarily in the position right now to, like, to win now. So taking a guy that you know might take some time to develop, put him next to Clavion Chase on that, who they took last year in this draft. They have Josh Allen too. They got Josh Allen too. I, I see a lot. Like I think they could be really yeah, good. Here. That's a scary looking pass rush. They obviously took Lawrence at one, so they're looking a couple years away. I like this pick a lot for them. See, Rousseau also isn't just a guy like Aziz or Jalen Phillips that only come in from that are like outside linebacker guys. Rousseau can flip on the inside too. He will make moves to get to you through the middle of the defense. He, he's a 4-3 edge that can also come in and hit the inside line too, which is, I think, a really talented tool that you can have. Exactly. All right, number 26. We have another edge rusher going off the board. Back-to-back -back picks. Here I have Aziz. I, I really like Aziz. Aziz Ojulari from Georgia. He is 
he's good. I really like what he brings. He's also like a tra- he's not exactly he doesn't have the length to be a traditional three four outside linebacker, but his hands move quick. And with his quick hands, that brings a lot of pressure inside. Guess what? He's going to Cleveland, so they have a guy on the outside on the other side who you might have heard of, Miles Garrett. He's pretty good at football. He's pretty good at being an edge rusher as well. Exactly. So I don't think they necessarily have to worry too much about him being the number one edge rusher there right now. There is nothing more important in the NFL than having extreme talent off both edges on defense. If you can bring pressure with only four guys... You can do anything. You can win a Super Bowl. As a Giants fan, I would know that. So, Cleveland, I think that Aziz Ojulari is a great pick for them. As an Eagles fan, I can also confirm this. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. We've had some really good... Guess who leads the the NFL in number of sacks since the stat was created in 1982? Guess. Eagles. Are you going to say Reggie White? No, I'm saying like as a team overall. Oh, as a team? As a team oh, overall, yeah. it's the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I'm just saying, if you get yourselves a guys to get home to the quarterback All right, well, maybe quickly, I was wrong. Maybe sacks don't produce results. Who knows? Sacks do produce results, and Aziz is a good step for them. It's it a is. good pick. It's, it's, a good it's, pick. The good, it's the best pick to make. These aren't the Eagles. The this is a much more competent franchise than the Cleveland Browns. Absolutely, I'm sure 100% the right agree. They will make the right call here, <laughs> and they will take Aziz. Here at 27, we have the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens, their offense turned it on quite a bit towards the end of the season. The only thing is, it's a bit one-dimensional. Their running game is great, obviously. They have J.K. Dobbins, an amazing young running back. Lamar Jackson. The best poten- running back in the Potentially an even better young running back. Who knows? The only issue is they lack talent on the outside. Hollywood Brown did not have the year two that they wanted him to have. They had Des Bryant getting targets in 2020 and 2021. How does that work? They had to call Des Bryant up from their practice squad because they needed a guy to catch balls. So what do we have here? Obviously, we have a wide receiver, Kadarius Toney from Florida. He was Kyle Trask's number one target there. He's good. He's good. very good. A lot of people think Kadarius Toney is better than Rashad Bateman. Here on the Rashad Bateman Respector Podcast, we, we disagree. Dis- we strongly disagree, but Kadarius Tony still has all the tools to be a successful wide receiver at the NFL level. He's great at creating separation, and that's exactly what Lamar needs. He is so fast, too. He's very he, fast. It's so incredible to just watch him play. Like Usually, you don't want to just go through and watch a guy's highlight tapes because that's not what you're going to get every single day when he's out there on the field for you. But Kadarius Tony's highlight tapes are so incredible. you got to check them out. He is fast. He okay. is so fast. He is just, oh, it's like lightning in a bottle. He's, he's an incredible receiver that gets separation, that actually has hands. Like, that's what they need. And if they can continue to produce this quick brand of offensive ball, get Lamar a real receiver. Exactly. He can play the outside. He can play the slot. He can get carries. He can get carries. That's the crazy. Very similar to Curtis Samuel. The versatility is there. You need a versatile guy on that offense. 100%. All right. With the 28th pick here, we have the Saints taking probably the best linebacker still available on the board um, in Awusa Kuomara out of Notre Dame. I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's really talented. He, he played at Notre Dame, and they've got some good like linebacker prospects over the past couple years. Exactly. They had Manti Teo. They did have Manti Teo and his girlfriend, apparently, too. No, they didn't have his girlfriend. Definitely didn't she, have his girlfriend. She went to a different school. You wouldn't know her. Anyway, he's a fourth. In, at the next level, he'd ideally be a 4-3 will linebacker, but he can be on the field for three downs, drop into safety packages, and, like, fill the box up. Like, he's standing at 6'2", 216. He's like your, like, like, when you think of a linebacker that can move sideline to sideline, Awusha Kuomura is the guy. Exactly. He's very versatile. He does everything you would want your outside linebacker to do. He blitzes extremely well. He can drop into coverage. The Saints defense already is really good. And they have switched up their brand of football a lot over the last few years. They kind of have. That. He fits that. He, he does. They no longer have the high-flying offense that they had before. Drew Brees retiring. We love him here. We love Drew Brees here. Purdue, Purdue products, baby. We love Drew Brees exactly. here. Exactly. Speaking of Purdue products, we're about to get into one. But one more comment. They have Jameis Winston on that offense. Famous oh, Jameis. Exactly. He fixed his vision, and uh, well, I'm excited for Jameis exactly. Winston. Exactly. The Saints are looking to be very fun next year. And Owusu Komaroa, 
Koromoa. Jeremiah Awusu Koromoa. God, you butchered that. I'm going to get used to that name in a couple years. Wow, great player. Here it is. The pick that needs to happen. The Green Bay Packers at 29. They have not drafted a wide receiver in the first round ever. They have potentially the most talented quarterback of all time in Aaron Rodgers. He has never thrown a pass to a first round wide receiver in his career. That's crazy. He's, sure. He's, he's, old, he's, he's Devontae Adams. Adams. Devontae Adams is a pretty good football player, I'd say. He's a very good football I'd player. I'd say he's a very good wide receiver, potentially the best in the NFL. Let's get him a number two guy. Let's get him a number two. And boy, do we love this guy, Rondell Moore, explosive wide receiver out of Purdue. Wow. Gosh. Watching him play, he is so exciting. Unfortunately, he didn't get to play much this past season. Injury and the Big Ten being... You know, stupid about coming back, playing football. But when he did get back out on the field, he, he looked, still looked really he still good. Looked good. He missed the 2019 season. 2018, he was phenomenal for Purdue. He nearly single-handedly beat Ohio State. What were they? They were ranked second. They were ranked second. Ohio State was ranked second. Unranked Purdue. Rondell Moore took him down. He's extremely explosive, creates separation so well. Great in the screen, screen game. He's a vertical threat. He is so good. He adds a layer to that offense that Aaron Rodgers has not had since Randall Cobb, I would say. Randall Cobb, maybe Jordy Nelson, but... <sighs> Nelson doesn't have this... I don't know. Moore could be better than both. We love Rondell We love Rondell Moore. Amazing. Play. I just can't get out the, if, the video of him catching the, t- the, the catch on the sideline and then cutting back inside to single-handedly beat Ohio State. And he ran through that guy. Wow. If I the can't Packers, get Even if they don't take Moore, if the Packers do not take a wide receiver here at 29, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I would be beyond angry. I would, I would want to be out. Hey, who knows? Maybe they'll take another quarterback here. Maybe they're not satisfied with Rodgers and George Love. Love. Yeah, maybe they're not satisfied. Matt Jones could be the Exactly. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I mean, we're kidding, obviously. But Rondell Moore is so good. I mean, yeah. I'm so excited to see him at the next level. We love Rondell Moore. We love here. Rondell here. All right. With the 30th pick, I love this pick. This is probably also one of my favorite picks yeah, that I get to make. And let me tell you, Asante Samuel Jr. is so good. I loved watching his father play, too. Let me tell you that. As an Eagles fan, you didn't love watching him play, but I did. That's all right. An interesting thing is, if I had one nickel for each time in this draft, a cornerback was drafted in the first round that had a pretty cool father, I would have two two nickels nickels right now. That's two nickels, right? That's two nickels. And that's two more than we would probably expect. That's not a lot of nickels, but it is a little weird that it's happening twice. Regardless, Asante Samuel Jr. out of Florida State, he's a, he stands here at 5'10", 184, a little bit undersized. You might worry about his height a little bit. I'm not. I still think he's got lockdown man coverage on the outside. And let's not forget, he doesn't have to be a number one corner. There's this really cool guy in Buffalo named Tredavious White. Don't know if you heard of him. Really good corner. I still think he's going to be really good. Josh Norman's still there, too. I think he's aging. I think Asante Samuel Jr. can eventually grow into the role that Josh Norman plays. But, like, right now, I feel like he's probably the best. Like, their holes on the holes on the Buffalo Bills are running back and corner. And, like, there aren't any running backs worth taking here at 30. So you might as well take the corner. Exactly. The only thing I would like to add to that is that you were talking about height concerns with 5'10". 5'10 is a perfectly normal height. Perfectly normal height. You can do anything you want if you're 5'10". A ribbon is 5'10". He would like to make Next that pick. public. <laughs> <laughs> He'd like to make that public. Here we are, number 31, the Kansas City Chiefs. Boy, do I love this pick. We just watched the Super Bowl. We watched Patrick Mahomes have to run away from people for 60 minutes straight. And ran nearly 500 yards of scrambling before he throws the ball alone. Now, they have guys at the tackles. They have Mitchell Schwartz. They have Eric Fisher. Unfortunately, they were both hurt for the big game. That's fine. What do they need? They need an interior offensive lineman, and boy, do we have the guy for you. Oh, my God. This is probably – this is my favorite offensive lineman in this draft. Take it away, Gav. His name is Quinn Miernes? Miners. Miners? Quinn Miners, bro? He's – He's a D3 off interior offensive lineman out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Wow. You have probably never heard of him unless you watch the Senior Bowl. This dude is crazy. He he will like flop. He can he's a pulling guard that comes up and will just 
deck you. Like, he can push guys, like, grown men over with just his arms without thinking twice about it. Let me tell you, every morning, the first thing I do when I wake up is I watch Quinn Miners tape because that gives me the adrenaline and the energy that I know that I need to get through the day. He is an animal. He's, Number 31. He's a beast. Kansas City Chiefs, no better spot for pickup. He, he's a beast, and he is so underrated, and people, like, people did not know of this. Like, I did not know of this guy until I watched him at the Senior Bowl. And then I saw him just absolutely kill it down there. Like, taking on power five offensive linemen out of a D3 school and not thinking twice about it. He's just, he was embarrassing guys at college playing football. He's a tank. He is an absolute tank. And God, do the Chiefs need someone to protect Patrick Mahomes, clearly. That got exposed during the Super Bowl, and now they need to fix it. Exactly. And at number 32, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is an extremely complete team. They don't need much. However, JPP might not be there long term. Exactly. So, no pun intended, they could use another hand at the edge rusher position. Zayvon Collins would step into that perfectly. He's not necessarily a prototypical edge rusher. He plays linebacker too, but he's a great pass rusher. He drops into coverage well, and he's extremely athletic. Most draft boards don't have him falling this far, and that's exactly what you want to see as a Super Bowl champion. You take the best guy on the board, that's what they're doing here. 6'4", 260, he's, he's just very complete. Like, he only got one D1 scholarship coming out of high school. It was Tulsa, and he was still really good. Like, I don't have much to say about him besides he's a complete linebacker that can get home to the pass, that can pass rush if you need him to. And with a guy very similar to JPP, maybe, leaving, I mean, I two feel like... He has two and a half more fingers as well. Two and a half more reasons to draft him, honestly. <laughs> All right, with that final pick coming through, that will be the end of the inaugural episode of the iForm Sports Podcast. Danny, how do you feel? It's been a wonderful ride. I do want to say that Mac Jones has not come off the board in round one of this mock draft. A lot of people love him. I've seen him go top five before. That is Foul. That is, yeah, I, we saw him, what, four to the Falcons, bro? Exactly. That was, that was. That's gross. That's, um, we get it. He's got a lot of his, intangibles, like his leadership ability, which is why some guys really think highly of him. But you can be a leader, but you also have exactly. to be an incredible football I don't think he's a top 20 talent. And as we move down the board, less and less teams need a quarterback. So he drops so into the next he, round. He could more than like, more likely than not be a huge trade-up guy. Round two, someone's taken him. Someone's taking them round two. Exactly. Someone early round two probably needs a quarterback. Not sold on their guy, maybe. He could be useful. Just as long as the Philadelphia Eagles don't do it, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, I don't need another second-round quarterback coming into Philadelphia. I'm so, I love Jalen Hurts, but, man, did that to No, you long. need everything you can get in Philadelphia. The Eagles are disgusting, and they're garbage. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the iForm Sports Giants podcast. are pretty bad, too. I want to make that public. Daniel Jones can only fall fastest, on his face. Fastest well. quarterback. Falls on his face really league. well. Falls on his face it's really well. It's been a pleasure. Well. We will see you next time. Next time on iForm Sports. Gavin Murray. Danny Rubin. We're out.